For most of my life, I didn't know what healthy boundaries were, let alone did I truly know just how important personal space was. I was talking to my therapist about a year ago and we came to the topic of personal space. And based on the experiences I had growing up, I realized through talking to her that I was not taught to value my personal space. Now, I'm not saying my parents or family did anything malicious or intentionally disregarded teaching me about personal space and boundaries, but what I am saying is this lack of knowledge in this area has really had a lasting effect on how I handle daily interactions with other people. What is going on, beautiful people? You are listening to the Affirmations for Black Girls podcast, where we focus on personal growth and cultivating a healthy relationship with ourselves. I am your host, Tyra the Creative, actress, content creator, and mental health enthusiast. So let's jump into today's episode. I am so happy to be back with you guys again. Happy Sunday. You guys, it is summertime. We are here. We are loving it. How are y'all? Let's do a quick check in with ourselves. Let's take a deep breath. How are you feeling? Just drop in with me and get ready for a great episode of Affirmations for Black Girls. This week's affirmation is kind of a twofer. I couldn't decide which one I wanted to do. So this week's affirmations are, I am allowed to take up space and I am allowed to say no to others and yes to myself. So we're just going to take a few moments to really drop in on our affirmations for this week. As always, you can repeat them along with me, or you can just sit with your eyes closed and just be present in the moment. Or if you're driving while listening to this, keep your eyes on the road (laughs) and stay in the moment with us as well. I am allowed to take up space. And I am allowed to say no to others and yes to myself. I am allowed to take up space. And I am allowed to say no to others and yes to myself. I am allowed to take up space. And I am allowed to say no to others and yes to myself. I am allowed to take up space and I am allowed to say no to others and yes to myself. I am allowed to take up space and I am allowed to say no to others and yes to myself. These affirmations are so powerful, you guys, especially for someone like me who did not grow up thinking that you could take up space or say no to others. I felt really guilty around this. So these affirmations are really building confidence in me, and I really hope you guys are getting something out of them as well. 
So let's dive a little deeper into what it means to take up space. Because for a long time, I thought taking up space was the same as wasting space or being a burden or just being in the way. And especially as a kid, I really cared a lot. Well, too much, honestly, about what people thought about me. But taking up space simply means owning the space that is yours and finding the strength to believe your voice is valid. Let me just say that again for the people in the back. Taking up space simply means owning the space that is yours and finding the strength to believe that your voice is valid. Meaning whatever you have to say, if you want to speak up about that space that is yours, baby girl, do that. Okay. Because your voice is valid. What you have to say is valid and owning your space is something that you have 100% right to do. (sighs) Okay. Tyra, calm down. I'm getting real emotional about this already. Like I am locked and loaded. I'm ready to go. But I know we've all probably heard this saying as a child, children should be seen and not heard. I know I heard that growing up a lot and I know you guys probably heard it too, but that is literally the direct opposite of taking up space. I mean, I know what my elders meant by this, but it is very detrimental and unhealthy to say to a child. And that is just my personal opinion, but I'm gonna leave it at that because we are not here to debate that topic today. Taking up space and having personal space go hand in hand for me because I think they complement one another. Personal space is literally the space that you have set aside for you. It's your space and no one else's. And for me, it's essentially my intimate time with myself, like Tyra time. Personal space is not just the physical around you. It's the space that you use to to learn about yourself and to grow into the, the human being that you're supposed to be. And this is also where boundary setting comes in. We need to set healthy boundaries because when we don't, we feel depleted, we, we feel taken advantage of, we feel taken for granted or intruded upon. And I'll be the first one to say that those feelings are for the birds, Okay. <laughs> So growing up, I never really knew what personal space was. And what I mean by that is I never really felt like I had a space that was 100% mine. In the physical, I do want to preface and say in the physical, I did feel like I had, you know, pretty much personal space as far as, oh, you're too close to me. You need to back up. I definitely was self-aware in that regard, but I never really felt like I had a space that was 100% mine. I remember having to leave my bedroom door open at all times when I was younger. And honestly, I think I may have gotten in trouble once. And that was a privilege. The privilege of closing my door was taken away from me. And I also remember once my mama came into my room while I was in the shower and she read what was on my computer screen. Granted, again, I was cursing up a storm. I was probably doing, I was doing some stuff that I ain't had no business doing, but the fact that she read my 13 year old private conversation, it subconsciously taught me that nothing was mine. Nothing was truly mine and nothing was my space. I also grew up with a ton of cousins. We were always together. 
I used to share a room with my brother when I was growing up. And I also played basketball. And you know, in high school and middle school, you have to change in the locker room. You don't have any personal space. So I was conditioned to be okay with sharing my space at all times. And the side effects of this thought pattern that I have have been showing up more so now in my life. So we're going to take a, a trip down personal story lane. And I'm going to tell you guys about when I first moved to L.A. So I've been out in L.A. since 2018. And when I moved out here, I moved out here with my boyfriend at the time. I am currently single, but we did move out here together. And we had we hadn't been together that long. I want to say we had been together for about six months, maybe. I don't really know the math, but we had been together for a short period of time and we decided to move out to LA together. And naturally, we just moved in together because one, LA is very expensive. Two, we didn't know anybody but each other and we could trust each other. And three, we wanted to save money. But we constantly fought, like we butted heads on just about everything. And we lived in a tiny studio. And the biggest thing about it for me is that when we did have disagreements, we had nowhere to retreat to. And that was huge for me because I didn't have anywhere to go. I mean, I could have went and sat in the, in the tiny bathroom of our studio apartment, but still like he was on the literal other side of that wall and it just did not feel like a space that I could truly retreat to. So I would always sit in those feelings and let them ruminate. And the way that I was feeling after those fights were lost. I felt taken for granted, frustrated, and I just felt like I wanted to get away from my current living situation. I did not allow myself to have my own space. And then later on, through that year of living together, I started to project those negative feelings onto him. Now, he would go outside for a walk and, you know, try to decompress that way. And I would get pissed off because I'm like, first of all, you need to stay up in here and we need to fight about this. We need to get to the bottom of this. We need to get all this out right now. I'm not saving it for later. That is really what my personal experience led me to believe was the correct thing to do. I was not led to say, okay, Tyra, let's go take a walk. Okay, Tyra, let's do something to decompress and really let those feelings out, not suppress them like I was doing. So I really didn't allow him to have the space to process his emotions the way that he wanted to because of the way that I was conditioned to believe to handle these situations. So living together for that year was super stressful and I think the biggest thing is that we did not intentionally set healthy boundaries and we didn't take our personal space seriously. And only after going to couples therapy, which we actually went to couples therapy last year, did we realize that we missed a very vital step in living together. And this kind of situation also goes with roommates. If you have a roommate, it's super important that you vocalize your requirements for your personal space. And you also set those healthy boundaries early on, letting them know how you operate. I will be the first one to say, I never really enjoyed having roommates. I had a suite mate in college for the first time and it was a huge, I'll just say culture shock for me. I did not know how to, <laughs> I did not know how to live with another person that I did not know in the same room. We, sh we literal beds are two feet apart from each other. It was, it was very shocking for me and it was very different. But I want to say for roommates out there right now, if you're listening and you have any type of roommate 
there's this website called self-care is for everyone and they promote mental health. So they have a bunch of different shirts and different decals and art that promote self-care and have mental health reminders on them. And I really, I really love the brand. They actually have this little door hanger that can be used to set that boundary of personal space. So on the door hanger, one side says ready to chat, and the other side says taking some me time. And I love that because it's so small, but it just shows, hey, I have this boundary up or, hey, I have time for you. You can come into my space. So just put that on your door hanger, you know, and I, I feel like that would be a very good addition for people who are roommates who want to practice healthy boundaries and personal space. And the link to this door hanger is in the show notes. This is not sponsored at all. I just really love this brand. And I came across this as I was on their website once and I thought it was pretty cool. So I wanted to share with you guys. Now I say all of this to say that personal space is a very important social skill for children in elementary school to learn practice and grow within themselves and understanding and keeping good personal space will help children to engage more successfully in everyday interactions and in personal relationships. And that's where I fell short. I was not engaging successfully in my personal relationships with my ex-boyfriend while we were living together because I did not practice or learn about personal space and healthy boundaries growing up. So I saw this post on Pinterest and it really spoke to me because it is 10 signs that you lack personal boundaries. So I just want to go through this with you guys and take a moment to reflect. If you identify with any of these, then just take note of that and figure out ways to set personal boundaries. So the first sign of you lacking personal boundaries, according to this list, is you fail to speak up when mistreated. I have definitely been there. Sometimes I feel really guilty about feeling mistreated <laughs> and that is very crazy. So that means I need a personal boundary set there. Number two, you give away too much of your time. Oh, let me say that again for the people in the back. You give away too much of your time. Number three, you agree when you actually feel like disagreeing. Wow, that is huge. Four, you feel guilty for dedicating time to yourself. I know a lot of people that actually feel guilty about um, dedicating time to their self, to themselves, and that's called self-care, boo. Self-care is important. Number five, you feel taken for granted by others. Number six, you have toxic relationships. Seven, you have chronic fear about what others think of you. Number eight, you overshare details about your life with others. Number nine, you constantly feel like the victim. Wow. You constantly feel like the victim. And 10, you attract people who try to control or dominate you. That is a great checklist. And just from that checklist, I say I identify with about six of those. And I'm in this 
you know, this transitional phase where I am learning to set healthy boundaries. And about six of those signs on that list I have personally felt or dealt with. So with that being said, if you identify with any of those, it is not the end of the world, girl, don't trip because I got you. We are going to talk about setting those healthy boundaries. So how can we set those healthy boundaries and have personal space and stop identifying with those signs of lack? So first I want you guys to understand that there are four types of boundaries. There is the physical boundaries, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So physical boundaries, this is your personal space that we were talking about. And that's why I'm looping these together. It's your bubble. It includes who you allow to touch you, be close in proximity to you, and be in your personal spaces like your bedroom, your office, even your house. The mental boundaries, this is your internal climate of safety. So it includes your thoughts, feelings, emotions, values, opinions, and beliefs. And these are sacred to you and you are allowed to have them. Emotional boundaries, this is allowing yourself to separate your feelings from those of others and not taking on others' burdens. That is huge, you guys. And not having to be defined by your job, your social status, or your family. And then the fourth type of boundaries is a spiritual boundary. And this, y'all, God is working on me in this area. He is really, really working on me. And we'll talk about that in a later episode. But spiritual boundaries is giving yourself permission to define your own relationship with whatever higher power you relate to. And in this situation, we're going to talk about God because I believe in God and that's what we're going to talk about on my podcast at all times. So it's giving yourself permission to define your own relationship with God and not letting others control your calling or your talents in life. Now, really, really quickly, since I did bring this up, I just feel like I've been in very uncomfortable situations, especially living out here out here in LA because there's this new age, what do you even call it? This new age spirituality where people will say things like, oh, God is good, but they're not talking about the one true living God. And I'm not going to get preachy and all that kind of stuff, but I, I noticed that I started feeling very uncomfortable and feeling like I was in spaces that I should not be in. And this is that spiritual boundary that needed to be set. I needed to make sure that I was in spaces that made me comfortable and made me feel like I was honoring my God. Now that we know the four types of boundaries, I'm just going to give you a couple of short tips on how you can set those boundaries. And number one is assess the resentment. So take some time to recognize your feelings. Like I was just saying, if you're feeling hurt, uncomfortable, and I don't just mean, you know, surface uncomfortable, I'm talking about deep seated uncomfortability that you just know that you got to get out of that situation. If you're feeling angry or even resentful, these can be early warning signs of someone crossing an unspoken boundary. So reflect on that, notice it, and take note that a boundary needs to be put in place in that area in your life because these feelings are signals and they will always lead you to the right boundary to set in that area of your life. Once you've assessed that resentment, Practice some baby knows. So talk to a friend that you trust. And first, you need to tell them about what you're doing. Tell them that you are practicing setting boundaries by saying no. So start out with telling them something that's super small that rubbed you the wrong way. Like, 
girl, we went out to eat the other day and you only ordered fries and then you ate half of my pasta. <laughs> I didn't like that. And I'm being funny, but this is real, y'all. Like people really be out here plate jacking and they just order some fries. So practice baby nose and you'll eventually build the confidence to, to say bigger nose. Once you start practicing no, you're going to start noticing some guilty feelings. And number three would be to let go of that guilt. And this has been huge for me because I just started saying no and your girl been feeling guilty. But signs of guilt are a step in the right direction because that means you're growing. It means that you are actually saying, no, I, I, I do not have the time. I do not have the energy to do whatever this thing is. Or no, you are crossing my boundary. And you feel guilty because you allowed those people to do those things in the past and now you're turning over a new leaf, but that guilt will not last forever. And once you let go of that guilt, set some bookends. So my therapist and I talked about this in one of our sessions and I have just been using bookends in every aspect of my life. So a bookend is a defined box. Let's just say it that way. So it can be your time or it can be how much you're willing to do. What And what I mean by that is saying, oh, I cannot work after 5.30 p.m. Or, hey, I saw that you gave me a call. I choose not to answer my phone after 10 p.m. Or even how much you're willing to do. So an example of that would be if you're, let's just say you're in college and you're doing a group project. Hey girl, listen, I know we're doing a group project, but I am uncomfortable with doing more than half of the work. And that's a very vague, you know, example, but you get what I mean. Set a bookend for yourself and others so they know how to approach you in different situations. So now that we know the signs of lacking healthy boundaries and how we can set them up and have our personal space, now we're going to go deeper into what I was just talking about, those examples, and we're going to look at how they sound. So what do healthy boundaries sound like? Because that was huge for me. I didn't really know what a healthy boundary sounded like. I was like, okay, I'm going to set healthy boundaries, but how I do that? Like what, what's coming out of my mouth? Like I know what boundary I want to set, but what's coming out? So here is a very basic fill in the blank statement as a start to setting your own healthy boundaries. And this is how it goes. And I'll also put it down in the show notes so you guys can always have this. But here it is. I feel blank. And you fill that in with an emotion. When you blank and you fill that in with an action. If you keep doing that blank. And you fill that blank in with how you will change or what the consequence would be. So I'm just going to fill that in. I feel hurt when you yell at me. If you keep doing that, I will no longer be able to be your friend. And that's just a simple one, you know, but it's a, it's a very good like starting place for setting those healthy boundaries to get the verbiage that you need. Now, I want to make sure that I set you guys up for success with setting boundaries because sometimes we can drift off into the world of just being mean or being negative. I have a couple of examples of boundaries versus not a boundary. So this is not a boundary. There is something wrong with you and I'm not taking it anymore. Y'all don't say that to people. A healthy boundary to say to someone would be, 
If you continue to yell and not allow me to speak, I won't be communicating with you. That is just spitting straight facts. It's not pointing the finger at that person and it's not provoking them in any way. It's telling them if they continue to do this and I cannot do this, then this is what's going to happen. This is my boundary. Here's another one for you. I'm not a superhero. I can't do everything. What don't you understand? Oh, y'all, that is toxic. Oh my goodness. That is unhealthy. Here is a healthy version of that statement. Going forward, I won't be able to have dinner ready on Fridays with my schedule. And I have one more for you guys. This is an unhealthy version. If this happens one more time, I'm done. You'll see. (laughs) I'm having too much fun with that. (laughs) So that's unhealthy. But a healthy version of that type of feeling would be, I feel hurt when you don't consider me in making decisions. I will need to be included in making them going forward. And that, you know, that's in like a relationship. But I just found these examples on Pinterest and I wanted to share them with you because it's really important to see the difference between the verbiage of an unhealthy boundary and a healthy boundary. And I know we have some listeners that work in corporate America, so I just want to make sure that y'all feel seen right quick because the workplace can be super toxic. I was having a conversation with one of my friends and they were just telling me how sad they were to go to work and just how unenthused they were in the workplace. So I want to give you guys some examples of things that you can say to set healthy boundaries at work if you are working in an unhealthy work environment. I cannot work past 5.30 p.m. And that's it. You do not have to explain yourself. Here's another one. I understand it's important we stay on top of emails. On the weekends, it's important for my mental health to unplug. I will answer all weekend emails by 10 a.m. on Monday. That's what I'm talking about, about making that bookend. You gave them a time on when you'll have something done. I love this next one, y'all. I am unable to attend the work function this week with such short notice. I'd be happy to go in the future if I have at least a week to arrange my schedule. Y'all know I'm all about a good schedule. That's episode one of this season. If you missed out on it, make sure you go back and listen because we really talked about some very important things surrounding finding a schedule that works for you. And the last one that I have for my business listeners I'm not comfortable talking about this at work. Please don't bring this up again. Wow. I Oh, I love that because people just be acting like in the workplace that we all buddy, buddy friends. First of all, this is a business setting. Let's not mix business and personal because when we do that, business and personal gets mixed in every which way. And sometimes that can be very detrimental or unhealthy to the work environment. Okay, you guys, we have made it to the closing segment. This is a new segment, just like I said in the last two episodes, because we're debuting all of the segments that we will have through Affirmations for Black Girls. And this segment is called Letters to Me. And you guys can definitely join along with me, but this segment is all about writing a short note to yourself at any time in your life. It could be last week, it could be 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Pick a time in your life and write a short letter. If you wanna join in on this with me, Pause the episode, give yourself about five minutes to think about it and play the episode if you want to listen to my letter. 
So this is a letter that I am writing to 15-year-old Tyra. Now, this is around the time my mom and dad told me and my brother that they were getting a divorce. Hey, Tyra, how you holding up? Listen, I know things are really tough right now, and this is a huge change in your life. Neither one of us knew this was going to happen. I get it. I need you to listen very carefully. It is okay to feel. It's okay to be mad, frustrated, pissed off. Everything you are feeling right now is valid. I want to let you know that divorce is not the end of the world. But you're going to feel some things and think about some things that won't feel too good. But you are not alone. I'm here for you. I have a challenge for you. I want you to go and give your mom a hug because she could really use it right now. And so could you. I know deep down you love hugs. <laughs> and it's okay to ask for a hug every now and then because there are people around you who love you and want to hug you just as bad as you want to hug them. I love you, girl. And just wait. In a few years, you're going to look back at this time in your life and see just how much you've grown and how much this has shaped you into who you will become. God would never put more on you than you can bear. Remember that the next time you feel like life's too hard. You are the strongest person I have ever met. Keep your head up. And with that being said, you guys, that is all that we have for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Join us again next Sunday for episode four of the first season of Affirmations for Black Girls. Make sure you subscribe, rate the podcast. Please give us a nice review and follow us on IG at Affirmations for Black Girls. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you next time.